You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Guidepost. Uh, Tony here, joined by Captain Cody Rubner. We got some pretty solid, cool Albi updates. We'll tell you as much as we can tell you, so we don't end up in the uh, we don't end up in trouble with some of our science partners. So we can't share everything, um, but it is it is the stuff that we can sell is pretty cool. Uh, if y'all didn't catch it, we did a blog. Uh, about a week ago, you can hop on saltwaterguidesassociation.org uh, and take a look at that. But some pretty cool stuff happened. So we had done, um, obviously, you know, the telemetry tags, but we had also given uh, the spaghetti tags, traditional Floyd kind of tags uh, to uh, select few folks. Um, we deployed, I think, 220 of those last year. And uh, in the span of like a few days, some of them were, were caught recaptured a few miles apart from each other around Jupiter, Florida. So we tagged them sometime in the fall, not too far apart from each other in Nantucket Sound, Martha's Vineyard. And then when then it was, so that was in like, let's say October. And then in July, within a few days of each other, blam, blam, two recaptures, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. We didn't deploy an awful lot of tags. Um, and then right after that, it was a Saturday morning, and I was going to get my family coffee and treats from the local uh, little coffee place around here, and I got a text at 9 o'clock in the morning from New England Aquarium basically saying like, Hey, I got the, I got the data download from the telemetry study and this is good data. I was able to, to dig some information out from him. We are not allowed to share it all. Um, because we have to talk with the partners up and down the coast and make sure they're okay with sharing the data and just a bunch of bunch of silly stuff that you have to deal with when you do this kind of work. But what we can tell you is this, the albies that we hit with telemetry tags and that were swimming around, they were, they pinged as far south as uh, Florida Keys. There were quite a lot of returns, uh, let's say around North Carolina and Florida, which kind of makes a lot of sense because that's where the fishing effort is for false albacore, you know, in the country. Uh, Cape Cod, North Carolina, Florida. So we'll, you know, we're getting everything together. And, and as soon as we get the green light, we'll put together one of those little cool animations like we did for Nantucket Sound. And, um, and you know, we're just accumulating, accumulating as much science as we can in the hopes that one day uh, someone in the management circle realizes that a species with 500,000 directed trips a year is worthy of management 
especially if we're getting all sorts of science on them. So here goes 2023, right? We're going to do everything that we can to get enough money to do more DNA research. We're trying to get some economic data to show the the monetary value of false albacore for these key coastal communities. And, uh, and we'll be doing more telemetry work and the tags will be upgraded, um, you know, better quality, longer battery life, less invasive for the fish. And by the way, they're also almost three times as expensive, I guess. They didn't, they didn't tell me that until the end of the conversation. Um, but Hey, you know, such is a day in the life. So check out the blog. Uh, we also want to send a heartfelt thank you to all of our listeners because we did a special run of Albie hats. I think we only printed like a hundred and we're not going to use the artwork again. If you were one of the lucky folks to get them, uh, you're going to, that's going to be it. We're, we're not going to print these hats anymore. Um, but to much to our appreciation and surprise they sold out in like two days it's the first time we really did something like that so you know kudos to the designers of the art the person who did the artwork the idea for the hats um you know we gave everyone the freedom to run with something and in like 48 hours the hats were gone uh which is utterly amazing and whatever we made off of those hats are going to go to things like, you know, an $80,000 bill for the DNA research. It ain't cheap, folks. So we appreciate your support immensely. Um, and to kind of piggyback on that, uh, if y'all have ever seen uh, gentleman Cody Richardson does these amazing uh these amazing pieces of art and he basically makes a wood frame that looks like a tarpon or a permit or a striper or whatever. And then he takes, you know, antique license plates and kind of molds those around. And it's this beautiful, you know, this beautiful piece of art. Well, we launched those not too long ago, again, to support the Albi project. Um, we've sold a couple of them already. I think there are five or six left. Um, yeah, there aren't maybe five. So, uh, we have those on the website, um, free shipping on them. Uh, and, and anything that we make on those, just like the hats, it's just going to go to pay the bar tab on Albies, um, which is significant. I feel like I took one of those, you know, when the rookies have to take like the offensive lineman out to like Ruth's Chris steakhouse and they get like an, a $50,000 bill for dinner because they got like the 300 year old bourbon. Um, it's kind of what I feel like dealing with these people. You know what I mean? You're like, so how much is that? And they're like, you're expecting to hear like 20 or 30 grand. And they're like, two million dollars and you're like what like oh okay yeah that shouldn't be a problem so um so yeah this is this is what we're all about you know what i mean we're we're turning over every stone we're hiring the best scientists that we can to do this work so you know it passes the mustard and all i can say is you know we're we're trying to be as creative as we can and find different ways for y'all to help us protect the fish that y'all care about. 
And it's essentially, we are, all of these things are essentially, essentially a direct conduit to pay for the cost of the research. So thank you for the hats. Take a look at the, take a look at the Albi license plate artwork. Uh, all that's on our website. And it was funny yesterday while we were doing all this work, um, Cody texted me this picture of this freaking mutant Albi that he caught off of Florida. And to date, it is the largest Albi um, that has been tagged. Uh, and I don't really know if that's going to be surpassed anytime soon. Cody, why don't you tell us about Tatonka? the Albi, or as you were calling it, we're, we don't know what to name it. There's, there's a lot of voting going on right now. We're butterball Tatonka. Um, I don't even know. I'm not even going to say, just tell them about this thing. It was, I've never seen an Albi this big in my life. Well, we just, uh, landed one yesterday when we were offshore fishing. It was actually a pretty wild series of events. The first text I sent Tony was guess what just happened. To which he said, what? And I said, we just teased up a blue marlin to the back of the boat. And this maybe 10, 11 miles off the coast in a 23-foot bay boat. So anytime you see a 7, 8-foot marlin come up to a 23-foot bay boat, you're having a fun day. But right after that, we got bit. And based off of the fight, it was on a Shimano Stella. It was on a 10K. So we had a lot of lot of fighting power. And my guys were pulling as hard as they could. But I thought we had a large black fin or maybe a small yellow fin. Uh, judging by the runs, I kind of knew we were out of the gate on like Wahoo. You could feel that that tail thump, like it was some sort of tuna tail thump hitting the braid along the way. And we got it up to the surface, and I thought for sure we we're going to be, you know, eating blackfin for dinner, and all was going to be good. But no, it ended up being an albie that taped out to the fork at 34 inches. So there's a there's a tournament called the Bonita Blast every summer down here where they uh they catch and harvest um false albacore that locally obviously are named bonita here not to be confused with benito atlantic benito but that bonita blast tournament usually the winners somewhere 17 18 19 plus pounds on an albi and and this one definitely dwarfed all those so i've never weighed in because i've never killed a fish of this size i don't know what to put on a weight for it but 34 ticking 34 on the fork length is is pretty ridiculous so we might have to do a little a little bit of a naming contest maybe if someone else has got a better name for that fat lard i think his last last three on the tag were 404 if i remember correctly so what would be really awesome if someone catches old old butterball somewhere up the coast if we see him maybe go hang out in the Carolinas for a little bit, but um, being able to contribute, I think I've only personally put out about 20, 20 or so, maybe two dozen tags in the last couple of weeks, but it's been really cool. It's been a, an added value definitely for anglers to be able to be a part of something like that, uh, to be able to get a fish to the boat, to be able to contribute to a higher learning as opposed to just pulling it off the hook, taking a photo and spiking it back in to be able to add one extra dynamic. It sparks a conversation. Well, why are we doing this? Then we get to talk about fisheries, how they're managed, how we learn about fish. And it adds this higher level of a dynamic in the same way I'm involved with that. I'll tag on sailfish. And then I also do fin clip on tarpon, but adding that science dynamic and being able to contribute to a higher learning, uh, people love it. 
super, super engaging. Butterball is somewhere out there. We got two dozen other tagged ones and it was really cool. You know, uh, one of our guys, I think, tagged one of the two recaptured Alves and he sent it down the coast and it was caught right in my backyard. So how ironic that we're all involved in this up and down the coast and we're basically playing past the Alby uh, from Florida to Cape Cod. You know, Cody, um, when we, you know, you know, you were, you were in this since the, the first moment it was a, an idea. I mean, I could, <clears throat> we could go back. I was pitching this to brands. Um, I don't know, two and a half, three years ago. And the, and you know, the whole idea was we can't lose another fish. And we knew, we knew that, look, I mean, it's just this simple. You, you have a, you have a fish that is kind of, you know, a lot of places on the coast see this fish at at a different times of year. We don't know if it's the same fish. We don't know if it's the same. We don't know if there's any connection between them. Um, we don't know if there's multiple stocks, if it's one stock, we don't know if they migrate East, West, North, South combination of both. Um, and, and, you know, you sit there and, and you're like, Jesus, 20 at the time, you're like, holy mackerel, it's like 2021. How, how could we have a fish that's this important with no regulations? And, um, and, and, you know, I guess from my perspective, I knew that the whole management thing would take a really long time and, you know, it tempered my expectations on it, but working with the right people and getting the right folks tagging and, and the right partners at new England aquarium, all I can say to this community is like, y'all have responded better to this because look, not everyone views Albies the same. Uh, some people just look at them as trash fish or bait or just these damn things messed up my tuna spread. And we get that. You know, what's interesting on that angle, Tony, is there's two things that I've kind of come to come to terms with in that conversation. The first is that it's okay for some people to not view something of value. Value is all relative, right? Like the, I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk says the value of a basketball to me and you and Gary is whatever it costs at Walmart. You know, it's nine bucks, basically has no value. But the value of a basketball to LeBron James is like $500 billion, you know, whatever LeBron's worth. And it's the same thing with Albies. For someone down here that calls them Benita, the value is that it it messed up their spread or it wasn't the sailfish that they wanted or a couple bucks, you know, to drop off at a bait shop. But for someone in New England, someone in the Carolinas or someone around here that cares, there are a bunch of guides around here that that like them more than is publicly known or that they would they would really raise the volume about, but they might represent 10 trips throughout the summer that are largely based around what they're going to call Bonita and 10 trips is seven grand for someone down here. So understanding that value is relative is important for balancing the scale in that conversation, but also realizing too, the second and most important part is like, it's okay to care. It's okay to care about something that someone else doesn't care about. And I think that was, you know, one of the, I don't want to say worries, but one of the things we're, as we were building out this project, you know, what if we launched this project, have all these fees, launch all these apparels and collaborations, all these things. Well, if no one out there really cares, like the, I don't want to say opposition, but like other parties would like to imply, then stuff's not going to sell. 
and the hats aren't going to sell and the art's not going to sell and people aren't going to comment on the posts about the tagging and other brands aren't going to want to sponsor it. If people actually don't care about it, they're just not going to care about it. Um, and that's okay, but it's okay for you to care. And what we've found by caring and being okay with it and that a lot of people care, hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of trips per year, and then thousands of people are really engaged with what we're doing here. So the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, Cody, I'll tell you this, like if there's, um, and I, so I think every, I don't care what kind of fisherman you are. I don't. But if you're if you're serious about fishing, um, and you know you're not, you, and I think anyone will listen to this podcast. The only reason we'll listen to this podcast is because you're serious about fishing. You know, you're not a I go twice a year kind of person. Um, I think if you're serious about fishing, at some point in the evolution of your career experience, whatever, as a fisherman that you just kind of like look at the past and you're like, you know, kind of done, you know, I've caught big fish. I've caught exotic fish. I've caught fish a bunch of ways. And it's kind of like you start to come like full circle and then you start appreciating like the simplicity, you know, especially like for me having it, getting my, you know, my son who's really involved and, and, and loves fishing. And, and it's kind of like our thing that we do together you know, I could take him anywhere and do anything. Um, and what I find is like walking down the street and watching him, you know, catch a 15 pound carp, you know, on a five weight. That's about the coolest thing in the world. And I know other people treat carp horribly, you know, they shoot them, throw them on the, throw them on the bank, let them rot, let a raccoon eat them. But like that, you know, the value, the intrinsic value of, for me as a dad trying to get, you know, your kid to appreciate the outdoors and watching all those dots connect and, and that carp is not an easy fish to catch on a fly and watching him do it. That carp has a huge value to me, huge, enormous. Um, you can't even put money on it. So, you know, I, you look at, I think the people who are like Albie fishermen uh, genetically are the ones who are like, you know, kind of the tug is the drug kind of fishermen. They just want to hook something that pulls hard. And especially the people who do it from the beach, God love you, man, that deck is stacked against you. Um, anyway, you know, I think as an association, that's who we are. You know, that's who, that's who we want to represent. Like people who just have a sincere appreciation of being out there, the entire experience, sharing it with their family, making sure that they're doing all the right things that the fish are around for the next generation, whether that's on a very incredibly micro level of treating the fish right on the release or a macro level where you're accumulating science and and trying to get management for a species. And interesting to note, interesting to note on the release side is the I think we've talked about this maybe once on a past podcast after we did all the tagging, but the survivability of this fish is a lot higher than we expected, maybe, or even if we expected, um, didn't have the data to confirm. And so 
there was always kind of that murmur around, well, they're bloody fish and they get on deck and they start throwing up all their bait and they're bleeding everywhere over the deck. And they would always say, well, that fish you caught, you might be saying you're the release guy, but that thing's dead anyways. And this is not a direct one-to-one understanding the scientific implications. It's not one-to-one because of how those uh, acoustically tagged fish were managed in the boat. But even with the collaboration of that and the traditional tagging, there's an implied high survivability here. So a lot of those fish that you hook in the face that are bleeding and throwing up and you spike them back in and you see them kick off, you can have a pretty high confidence that it's worth the extra couple seconds to do things right. So I think that's really cool. Another takeaway that isn't maybe a scientifically published takeaway from it yet. We're not at the scale of measuring and trying to put some sort of um, release mortality rate on these fish, but we have a high survivability as seen with all these tags and all these insane. Yeah. Hey, Hey man, at least it isn't 50% that are tagging. Like, look, we're not, none of this is definitive science. Okay. We're, we're accumulating science. We're just telling you what we accumulated. We're none of this is like, Oh, we know this now. And no, 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 no. This is science for science for management. We may find, we may still find out things that we don't want to hear, but it's science. It's not kind. But if you don't do it, the alternative is worse than knowing something that you don't want to hear. So, like, we're not, you know, 100%. so let's let's hear it for Butterball slash Tatanka. <laughs> if anyone has any, this thing was so big, dude, it was a freak. I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Just imagine a 34 inch Albie at the fork. So, uh. If anyone has any funny, funny thoughts or names, you know, feel free to send a email to us at info at saltwaterguidesassociation.org. Um, you know, Cody, thanks for hopping on here. And, you know, guys, go get yourself a license plate. Yeah, we don't want to ask for just like straight donations or anything like that. Like we're trying to be creative to raise funds where you get something that you want and you can help out. And we have more stuff coming down, too. These things are pretty badass. They've got all the different states represented. So you'll see on it that some of them might have some in the middle that are more prominent, but find your state, right? So you'll see Florida, the Carolinas, Mass, New York, New Jersey, all the places that people target Albies. They're, they're huge. Like these are, don't look at the thumbnail and be like, I'm not paying that much for something on my desk. No, I think these things are 42 by 20 something. These things are basically the size of Butterball. Oh no, it's cool as hell. So awesome man cave, tackle shop, um, you know, bar, places like that. This thing is absolutely badass. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the guidepost one more time. Run over to the website. We've got kind of a smorgasbord of ways to support us. We sincerely appreciate you. Uh, and we look forward to we look forward to you know continuing this project with your support. 